1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast.
1: Don't be upset by a northern walk. Ronaldo, he looks at me, smiled, and he never done it again. What's in there, Mickey? He went, That's about 300 grand in there, kid.
0: If I'm on the opposite end of an arm, Piers Morgan. That's a very comfortable position that I'm happy to be in. I think I'd be up there with one of the most (laughs) irritating cricketers. Tom, we were getting on
2: so well until that (laughs) question. You guys are going to get absolutely hammered. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast, the only podcast in the UK which is hosted by autistic teenagers who interview some of the biggest names within the world of sport. From world champions, World Cup winners, international athletes, Ryder Cup golfers, Ashes heroes and many other sportsmen and women, we delve deep into their sporting career, the highs and the lows and what makes them one of the best athletes in their sport. But that's enough for me, I'm going to hand you over to the stars of the show, Tom and Avtar who host the podcast and I'll let them introduce today's guest. See you later. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is... An Olympic
0: gold medalist and WWE superstar. Welcome to the podcast, Kurt Angle. How you doing, man? Good thanks. Good story. thanks. How's it going, guys? so right. We wanted to take you back to the beginning and talk about your childhood. What was your, what are your memories of growing up? And was being a professional wrestler ever an ambition of yours?
1: No, it wasn't. As a child, what was important in my family were sports. And all my brothers, my older brothers, I was the youngest of six children. They all wrestled. So I wanted to be a wrestler too. Not a pro wrestler, amateur wrestler. And as an amateur wrestler, growing up, you were taught not to watch pro wrestling. That that was fake and your wrestling was real. So I I never watched pro wrestling until WWE approached me for a contract in 1997. And that's when I decided to start in professional wrestling. And that's when I got interested and started watching it. So as a kid, sports were really important. It's what we talked about at the dinner table every day. My dad, my mom, and my brothers and sister. And um, that's what kept us together.
3: You make your TV in the ring debut for the WWE at Survivor Series in 1999. What are your memories of that?
1: I was terrified. It was my first match. I was wrestling a kid named Sean Stasiak. And uh, I wasn't getting the proper reaction from the crowd. Uh, They were chanting boring. (laughs) So being an Olympic medalist and hearing boring uh, kind of sucked. Uh, But um, what Vince McMahon had me do is he called an audible during the match. And while I was wrestling Sean, the referee came to me and said, Vince, just talk to me in my earphone. And he said, you need to knock Sean down, go out and grab the microphone and tell these people you do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. You not you do not say he's boring. And I did that, and the crowd responded. They, they started booing me. So it wasn't Kurt Angle was boring. I got real heat on the crowd. So Vince McMahon kind of saved me there. And uh, that's when I started uh, my entrance into being a heel as a pro wrestler.
0: You had some great storylines with some top superstars such as Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, Chris Benoit, and more. Is there a certain storyline that stands out for you as being your favorite and why?
1: Well, there are a lot of them. You know, a lot of these uh, storylines really helped me tremendously. Uh, they, they really helped me tremendously, all of them. Uh, with Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H. But my favorite one that really made me and introduced me into the main event level was my love triangle with Triple H and Stephanie. <laughs> that was before I became champion, right before I became champion, the world champion uh, at no, no Mercy against The Rock that year in 2000. So that angle really, really pushed me to another level. You
3: become WWF Championship after defeat The Rock at No Mercy. What are you memories of that?
1: It was the best night of my pro wrestling career. I mean, I got the rest of The Rock. I got to beat The Rock, who I think is uh, one of the most famous pro wrestlers of all time. He's he's the most famous celebrity in the world right now. But, uh, you know, having beating him uh, definitely put a stamp of approval on where I was heading in the company. I was going straight to the top, and I wasn't going to look back. And I was really excited about that.
0: Throughout your career, you turned from being a heel in the face which means basically you were seen as a bad guy and a good guy. Which do you
1: prefer to be and why? I felt more comfortable as a heel because that's how I started. Um, I, I, I liked the fans booing me, and not liking me. And uh, the crazy thing is the more I did it, uh, the more the fans started turning me baby face because of my talent, how good of a heel I was. They were like, this guy's smart. He's pretty savvy. And, You know, I I want to punch him in the face. You know, (laughs) he really annoys me. But I really appreciate his work. He's a great wrestler and he's a great entertainer. So the fans kind of turned me babyface eventually. And then uh, I had a good babyface run against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then the company turned me heel again. And I think I stayed there until I left the WWE. Can I
2: just ask, how much involvement do you have as a wrestler in your in your storylines, whether you're heel or babyface. Is that your decision, or is it Vince's, or whose decision is
1: that? It's Vince and the writers. They decide who's going to turn heel, who's going to turn baby. Uh, You have some say in it. You could say, hey, I'm tired of being a babyface. I want to turn heel, and Vince will consider it. But for the most part, they they decide for you.
0: WWE fans started chanting you suck when your entrance music came on. Did you enjoy it, and when the fans
1: were involved and chanting towards you? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, It it showed me that uh, they absolutely hated me. (laughs) You know what? Down the road, though, um, it became, I guess, two words of appreciation. Um, You know, when I came back to the WWE in 2017, the fans were chanting, you suck, as a thank you. So it, it wasn't uh, straight up heat all the time. It was when they first started saying, You suck. Uh, and I was acting like it was really getting to me. And they were saying it even louder. And it, it became like the staple of my career, you know, Kern Angle, the You suck guy. And uh, when I left WWE and went to TNA for 11 years, and then I came back to WWE, the fans remembered and they chanted, You suck. But it was more of a thank you. It was like, you know, thank you for your career that you have given to us. And uh, it was more of appreciation.
2: Yeah, so obviously you were a very good wrestler, so you had all the wrestling skills. But did you ever have to learn how to act and how to perform to the fans, or did that just come natural to you?
1: Um, It came naturally. I I didn't even know I had it. Uh, They never had me work on promo skills or pre-taped skills. Um, uh, They just had me work on my wrestling. So I figured I was just going to wrestle on TV. And when Vince McMahon gave me that microphone the first night when I debuted... And I chanted, you know, I said, You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. I do not suck. Um, That was the beginning of Vince saying, You know what? I think this kid has it. I think we're going to be able to do something with him, uh, something from a a, a program verbal perspective. And uh, I think he's going to be pretty good. He has a lot of charisma. So I proved to Vince that I could do it. And I remember the next night, I was going to debut in my hometown of Pittsburgh right after Survivor Series. And Vince McMahon, told me, um, he said, uh, you're going to go out here and you're going to say this. And he talked for five minutes, five straight minutes, didn't stop talking and wanted me to memorize everything he said. And I said, Vince, I'm sorry, but I didn't hear anything you said because (laughs) Mm -hmm. it just all floated together. He's like, I'm going to say it one more time and then you're going to go out there and you're going to do it in front of the fans. If you don't, you sink. If you do, you swim and you save your career. So he gave me an option, and I had to go out there and say exactly what he said to those fans, that five-minute promo, and I pulled it off. I didn't say everything perfectly, but I said it good enough that Vincent Grant said, this kid has
3: it. a good question, Kurt. Is it what is the best match you ever
1: had and why? It's tough to call that. I mean, uh, you know, my WrestleMania matches, Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, Um, uh, You know, the triple threat against Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Uh, Undertaker, No Way Out 2006. Uh, But I do have to say my favorite match of all time would be 2003 Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship against Chris Benoit. We had such a magical night that night. Um, It was the best. I think the best technical wrestling match ever. That's how good it was. I was really proud of that match.
0: Which opponent did you enjoy being in the ring with most, and
1: why? It uh, it all depended. I mean, from from a wrestling standpoint, straight up wrestling, Chris Benoit. From an entertainment standpoint and wrestling standpoint, Shawn Michaels. Shawn was the best I've ever been in the ring with. Uh, he's the best overall performer. He's got the charisma, the look. He has the in ring skills. He has the full package, and Shawn Michaels really proved that to me.
0: You had some great WrestleMania moments against Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, um, Brock Lesnar, Kane, and more. Is there a certain WrestleMania moment that stands
1: out uh, for you? Um, I believe uh, Shawn Michaels' match was my favorite WrestleMania match, but the one that's the most memorable is against Brock Lesnar. That was such a competitive match. And it was two amateur wrestlers that turned pro wrestling that put on an amateur wrestling clinic. And the crazy thing was, at the end, Brock Lesnar was supposed to do a shooting star press. It's kind of like a gainer where you, you jump off the top rope and you flip backward and you splash your opponent. And he fell short, and I thought he broke his neck. Mm. And it, it was <laughs> such it was such a bad WrestleMania moment that it became one of the most popular WrestleMania moments. And fans are going to remember that forever. And that's what you want in your career. You want moments, good or bad. You want to make sure you have great moments for fans.
0: The Henshaws Insurance Group is one of the top 100 independent insurance brokers in the country. And is here to bring you peace and mind. We've been in business for over 50 years and have offices in Newport, Shrewsbury and Stafford. Our 45 plus strong team deals with both business and personal insurance and we offer a free, no obligation, consultations and quotations. So give us a call today. The the Attitude Era of WWE was one of the most successful times for wrestling. Do you think WWE can return to
1: those heights again? I think it's going to take a lot of work. I think uh, they're in a position right now where they're uh, catering to younger kids. Uh, They're trying to get the, the, it's the PG era is what they're calling it. And they're marketing to the kids because the kids have parents, the parents have money. Parents are going to buy merchandise for the kids. They're going to take the kids to the shows. So they've uh, marketed not to young adults anymore, but to just kids. And, uh, I think they're going to have to switch that around and start uh, writing material for young adults instead of for kids if they want to go back to the Attitude Era. I think AEW right now is more of an Attitude Era-ish type of company because they are doing adult content. Uh, The WWE, I don't think they'll ever do adult content again. I think they're going to stick with just kids, but it's smart because they're making more money than they ever made before.
2: When I was... A teenager. I was a teenager, kind of during the Attitude Era, and I used to watch wrestling all the time. I loved it, the likes of you, The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Kane. I could list hundreds of wrestlers that were amazing at the time. There are so many moments that stand out for me. What is your standout moment that doesn't involve you that kind of sticks in your head that, that happened? Whether it was Mankind coming off the Hell in a Cell or anything like, that. what's the standout moment for you?
1: For me, what I what I wanted to see and I got the uh, the privilege to see it was uh, a match that never should have taken place. The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. And that match was WrestleMania 18, I believe. And it was epic. I mean, to see these two guys, two of the most popular guys in the business in the history of the business go at it when they really weren't supposed to. They were a generation apart, but it was a dream match. And I thoroughly enjoyed that match. I thought Hulk Hogan, at his age, really stepped up and produced. I think The Rock did what he normally does, and he hit it out of the park. It was one of my favorite matches to watch, and I was at the edge of my seat the whole time.
3: Uh, Will we see In the Tour again?
1: Will you see me? (laughs) I don't know. Um, I've been really busy with my podcast, The Kurt Angle Show, and I have a supplement company called Physically Fit Nutrition, uh, we we made, created a product called Chicken Snacks. Uh, they're high-protein, low-carbohydrate, made from chicken breast. They're uh, Chicken Snacks Crispy Protein Bites. They're really good. 11 flavors. You can order them at physicallyfit.com if you want to try them. Um, but uh, I'm staying busy with that. WWE did approach me about a month ago about doing a possible program, and it fell through. But I believe I will be back there someday at some capacity, but it will most likely be a non-wrestling capacity.
2: I think it's talking about people going back into wrestling. We've got Stone Cold returning to WrestleMania this year. Are you looking forward to that and how that pans out?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Steve, I think he got robbed of his career uh, with his neck and his lower back. And uh, I know he didn't want to finish it off the way he did. Uh, he, you know, he left like, Unnoticed, I mean, It was like he just disappeared, and uh, for him to be able to come back and get some gratification, uh, I think for Stone Cold Steve Austin, redemption is the word I'm looking for. He's getting that by wrestling Kevin Owens, and I think it's awesome that he's doing it.
2: Yeah, definitely, And it's something that all the kind of Attitude Era fans are, are really looking forward to as well. I just want to ask her as well: if there's, is there a person, a wrestler that you never got the opportunity to face from from any era? that you wish you could have gone up against?
1: Yes, Bret Hart. Uh, It's not even something I have to think about. Bret Hart is one of the most technical, uh, uh, well-adjusted wrestlers I've ever seen in my career. Uh, I've always been a fan of his ever since I started watching wrestling. Him and Shawn Michaels are the two that I really studied hard uh, to portray. Uh, and, and, And Bret Hart reminds me a lot of myself with his technicality, what he's able to do in the ring. I would have loved to have a program and and a match with him. I actually tried in 2002 for WrestleMania 18. And he said, no, and I understand why he couldn't put on the Bret Hart performance that he wanted to. He also said he would love the WrestleMania; That would be his dream match, but he just knew that he was, um, uh, I guess uh, not healthy enough to do it. And he didn't just want to go in there and have like a a half-assed match. He wanted to have, you know, a a five-star match. So, uh, I don't think he wanted a chance. Uh, the way his body was at that particular time, I don't think he wanted a chance having a match with me at that point in time. Do you still keep in contact with The Rock? <laughs> no, I don't. Unfortunately, I, I I did for a while, but he kept changing his number. And every time he would change it, he would he would text me and give me his new number. But the last time he didn't do it, <laughs> and I don't blame him. He's so busy. Uh, doing everything, you know, acting TV shows, Terra mana, uh, what you got uh, tequila., uh, he's got like twenty different businesses. He owns the XFL. The guy is one of the richest guys in the world right now. <laughs> he's kicking butt right now, and uh, <laughs> I'm really proud of him. i'm I'm glad that I was friends with him and I got to know him because he was a really special individual. Do you have any
3: funny story to tell us, um Carangle, please?
1: <laughs> any funny story I can't think of anything right now mm.
2: uh who were, the no, characters no. Then? who
1: were the who were the jokers in the dressing room who
2: was who was the one cracking jokes
1: well you know what I was there during the Undertaker era and uh he was a guy that did not like to be ripped and he did not rib anybody and um, he uh kept the rock room pretty tight uh <laughs> not a lot of joking around he was pretty strict about Nobody messing with anybody else, but you know, the, the ones that would, uh, that were messing with people a lot, were joking around with people were the headbangers. Um, they were, uh, they were the pranksters of the company and they played a lot of jokes on a lot of individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you one funny story. Uh, I wrestled Rikishi one time and, um, uh, when we went out there for the match, Uh, beforehand he had to go to the bathroom and relieve himself it was number two and he decided not to wipe himself and when we got in the ring he got me in the stink face and (laughs) spread his (laughs) cheeks rubbed his butt in my face and it stunk so bad he told me afterward what he did (laughs) he did it to joker to prank me he pulled a rib on me it was horrible
3: oh god
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Kurt. We really enjoyed speaking with you and it means so much to us as a school to be able to
1: have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I had a lot of fun. I really do appreciate it.
2: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kurt. We really appreciate Thank it. Right. Take
1: care, guys.
2: Bye. Thank Bye. you, Kyle. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
3: How was that, boys? I'm I wasn't going to be I'm excited.
0: We never We never <laughs> thought that we were going to chat to, like, luckily I already knew that we were going to talk to him eventually because I remember seeing all of the previews and like the announcements and when he shouted out the podcast but yeah. I never knew that it was going to be like this soon I thought it was going to be later this year so I'm so glad that we finally got to do
3: that. yeah I'm hype
0: honestly I'm just still in awe about it because it's might like his career and how much WWE has changed yet he still respects WWE for what it is and he's also been talking about like his legacy in WWE as well and his time with The Rock and and uh,
2: Triple H and all the other wrestlers. Yeah, definitely. After what about you? What do you think of the podcast?
3: Uh, the podcast um, I like is really happy we talked to Kurangor, and then um, the thing is the the funny story he's, talk, he's told us about who uh, really these sweats <laughs> like um it's really funny though he turned into the pits and I was like, oh I was like, oh like, yeah.
2: I know. Imagine having a, a stink face from Rikishi when he hasn't wiped his bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the,
3: Yeah, it was really funny. I like that story. It was good oh, as
2: Yeah. Boys, again, absolutely fantastic. And for those of you listening, this is the first time the boys have done it from from home because because of Kurt Angle being in America and the time difference, we're we're not at yeah. school. So Afton Tom both at home you both did fantastic so well done again you're amazing as always thank you adam (laughs) tom what are you enjoying most about the podcast
0: uh well i'm enjoying that we're getting more and more new guests to talk to and also the fact that all the variety of questions still because like i eventually get the chance to ask my own and then it gets creative with like what they've done in their career like and if they ever want to go back to doing what they
2: used to do something like that so yeah definitely time, what are you enjoying most about the podcast
3: um I'm enjoying the podcast the thing is like I have to we have to listen what people are gonna say like um what in the past in the present like it's like Get more step like you know you know what I mean like saying to um, save like everyone going to say it and then um um like um do kind of stuff like sport or kind of stuff like what happened in
2: life yeah definitely well, yeah yeah well done boys and thank you again so much to everyone for listening and also if you want to join us on social media then we are on Facebook Instagram TikTok. Twitter and YouTube. Okay. If you just search TWS Sports Podcast, you can find us and watch all the little clips we put out and see who we've got coming up next on the podcast. So please come and join us if you're not already on there. And remember, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. We really appreciate all your support. Boys, thank you so much again. Tom Avtar, your superstars as always. Thank you. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you. And we will see you all next week.
1: See you next week. You Bye. 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 Peace. Peace. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.